Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, my boss is angry. Here we go. Are you going to tell us how a boss getting angry is a bad thing here? Because we've always said that it's perfectly acceptable to bring human emotions to work. I mean, you are human after yeah. all, right? I mean, yeah, it's totally, it's totally. Look, there, there's no apparently there's no law or so or no significant consequences for being angry at work because almost every I, everybody I know is angry at least once a week at work, and they're not losing their jobs and droves. So. We all have moments, right? Where we're angry, we're annoyed, we're proud, we're amused, we're elated, whatever. Those emotions are normal. I've always said, of course, the issue is not whether or not you feel angry or whether you believe your anger is justified, but whether or not you express it toward another person and amplify that if you're expressing it downward. In other words, you have, you, you have more role power than the person you're directing your anger towards. And we could have a whole discussion about whether or not the anger is inchoate, whether it's just general sort of random anger, or whether it's actually at a person for something one of your directs did, which is a whole another thing. But the issue here is that not only do we all feel all these emotions, but our bosses do too. And sometimes bosses get let their emotions get the better of them, and something we did tick them off, and we made them mad. And in fact, it's funny, we've, we've converted Wendy because... This cast was originally written as My Boss is Mad, which uh, is is completely okay in the U.S., but in the U.K., that, that that roughly translates. The U.K. translation into English of My Boss is Mad is My Boss is Crazy. <laughs> and that may be true as well. Which is a whole different cast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she appropriately titled My Boss is Angry, and hopefully our U.K. and European listeners who might understand angry as opposed to mad, we're not talking about crazy. Now, this also brings up the whole horseman umbrella story, right? Just because whatever happened to your boss, if your boss is angry, remember that your boss is making a choice. Um, something happened, something or someone or some event poked your boss with an umbrella and he or she got mad um, or angry all by themselves. But the fact is something made your boss mad. Your boss is angry. What do you do when, yeah. when your boss is yelling? When they're yelling on the phone, when they're sending you all cap emails. Or they, they don't express themselves that way, but they furrow their brows and they give you that steely-eyed look that you know they're just seething inside, right? Yeah, the, the, the high D who is not forceful verbally, but lowers his chin and lowers his eyebrows a little bit, and his voice doesn't get loud, but becomes but has an edge to it. It's kind of the devil voice, the devil voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what my kids tell me. Yeah, it's the same thing. So look, so look, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? And, and look, folks, you're not going to make your boss not mad. I had a direct once years ago tell me, I feel my job when my boss gets mad is to try to lighten him up a little bit. Folks, that is not a solution. That is just not a solution. You might, in fact, get away with it. We don't recommend that as the primary way to get through the moments when your boss is behaving angrily. So we have six recommendations, several of which are pretty simple, pretty direct. They won't, won't take that long, even with me talking about them. Um, six recommendations. Number one, stay quiet, stay calm, stay controlled. 
Number two, this is the one, this is the big one. Don't argue with her characterization of the situation. If they say you did X, don't argue. Even if you didn't do X, don't say I didn't do X. Um, because when people are angry, they really communicate inefficiently and ineffectively and incorrectly, and they don't want to be corrected. Um, that just makes it worse. Look, number three, if you can fix it, do so. Fix it fast. That's better. And then, of course, step four, think about how you can prevent it next time. And steps five and six are really, hopefully, they're pretty simple, but a lot of younger career people miss this all the time. And that is do not share with your team. If your boss is angry in front of you, you don't go back, plop down at your cube and go, the boss is ticked. Be careful. Here's what he did. Here's what he said. Don't do that. And also, don't think your job is to go share with HR because somebody told you if your boss is angry at you, then therefore HR is your protectorate and you can go tell them, hey, my boss yelled at me. And so therefore you need to go tell him he's wrong and shake a finger at him from the corporate perspective. Don't do that. Now, it could be that there's a time to involve HR with a boss who's angry repeatedly, but the first time or the second time is not the time to do that. Okay. Now, this is, I don't know, for me, it's a tough one, but um, you got to do it anyways. Stay quiet, calm and controlled. I mean, even when your boss is in your face shouting, yep. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. The worst, well, you know, you would, oh, come on. Don't, don't, don't play the fool here. The worst thing you can do is shout back, right? Now, look, if your boss is shouting at you, your boss is wrong. There is no place in professionalism and effective management to be shouting. Now, you know, I had somebody correct me a couple of years ago saying, well, sometimes on our construction site, we have to shout. Folks, let's just be clear. When we talk about shouting, we're talking about yelling at you angrily as opposed to just shouting over the din of production or construction or manufacturing noise. You know, normal conversation is held at a normal conversational level. When your boss starts to get angry, he's escalating from that normal level, that base level, whatever it is. And it's not unusual for many people particularly high D's and some of you high I's, that when your boss raises his or her voice, it's reasonable for you to do so as well. You know, the, the fight or flight mechanism suggests that maybe you're going to be somebody who fights. The only problem is if you raise your voice to your boss, your boss will feel obligated, in part because when a boss is angry, they tend to be thinking about their, their role power rather than their human interaction responsibilities. And they think, well, I can, I have role power, so I can just elevate again. So what you've done is further exacerbate the situation. We're not saying your boss is right. Your boss looks a fool for doing this. He or she is wrong for doing it. It's always wrong to yell at your directs. Okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to tell a boss that he or she is wrong if they walk into their office, close the door and scream a couple of times about something that happened in a meeting somewhere else. And then if you go in there and they're in there and they're reasonably calm and professional, that's not your boss being angry at you. That's just your boss venting a little bit and in his closed office. I certainly we wouldn't call it that if he's standing at his cube ranting about the company. And folks, if you're a boss, you don't get to do that because you work for the company. But look, when you raise your voice after your boss has raised your voice to you, whether he's mad at you or not, if you raise your voice, he's going to assert control or she's going to assert control and they're going to raise their voice again. And frankly, this is how small things get escalated to the point where, oh my gosh, he's threatening my job or, oh my gosh, he picks something up. He's going to throw it at me. You know, if we're talking about somebody who really just doesn't understand professionalism and respect and decency and so on, as hard as it is to hear and do, 
staying quiet, staying calm, and staying controlled will prevent the situation from getting worse. And may even allow your boss to calm himself. If your boss starts pushing you around, I've said this before in probably three or four casts where if there's a bully, we're not talking about bosses here, but if there's a bully at work and he pushes and you just fall over, he's going to go find somebody who pushes back because he wants the feeling of knocking over something. It's not that much if you knock over a box of styrofoam peanuts, but knocking over a brick wall is satisfying to somebody who wants that feeling of knocking over something substantial. So when your boss gets angry, just immediately stop talking. Make your face passive. And these are the kind of things that if you do it, your boss is going to be pushing against nothing. It's like pushing against water. It doesn't work very well. I think there's probably a cast if we were doing this with some more spiritual overtimes, it, overtones, it'd be a Zen cast, right? Be as Zen as you possibly can be. Don't resist. I heard a, a guy tell me once, a, an executive that I looked up to say, look, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. If your boss pushes really hard on you and you don't push back, since there's no reaction, that means you're negating your boss's action. I thought that was good. Yeah, I thought that that's the best way to negate it is to not push back. And then Newton's law says, no, there wasn't, he didn't actually push if I didn't push back. So let's talk about each one, each of our recommendations. I know people are thinking, wait, they just, they glossed over quiet, calm control, but let's talk about each one. First of all, be quiet. Don't raise your voice. In fact, let's go further than that. Don't even talk. The last thing you want to do is interrupt your boss. Okay. Don't inject it with sarcasm. Don't add any irony. Okay. Both of those things will come across as you're angry now at him or her for what they're doing, which will just add fuel to the fire. Don't think that you can keep your voice even keeled and give a wry remark or a sardonic comment or something and think, well, I didn't raise my voice. It's okay. Because that could set your boss off as well. What you want to do is get out of the moment when your boss is angry. Don't launch into a long explanation. If you get asked for a detailed explanation while your boss is yelling, just apologize. Don't start blaming someone else. Don't mention anyone else's name. Even if you're not wrong and the other, they're yelling at you and in fact, they need to yell at Bob and they've got you and Bob confused. Don't say you should be talking to Bob. Okay. Answer the questions you're asked directly and as briefly as possible, but don't throw anybody else under the bus. If you feel like the questions are incoherent, um, that happens every once in a while. Just say, I'm sorry, or I regret it, or you're right. There's nothing wrong. I've done this before many times with casting your eyes downward and behaving in a shamefacedly way. And for some of you, I know this was true for me when I was 25. It was very hard for me to do. I'm pretty sure I didn't do it when I was 25 because I thought I had to defend myself. And I've since learned that defending yourself, even if you're right, doesn't necessarily get you what you want. And if you feel better but your boss feels worse and she has power over you, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's the wrong levers to be pulling. If you get asked a question that has some semblance of rationality, give as much information as necessary, but not anything more. Don't say, well, would you like the long or short version? Or, well, that'll take a minute. Just abstract it as much as you can and give an answer. And if that causes him or her to be angry, just remember, you poked him with an umbrella. They got mad all by themselves. You're not responsible for your boss's anger. You're never responsible for your boss's anger as long as you and he or she live. Okay? Now, calm. How to stay calm. The first thing to do, again, this sounds very spiritual, very zen, is start breathing more slowly. 
when a confrontation is imminent, and by definition, whether you want to admit it or not, if your boss is angry at you, part of your brain, because he or she has power over you, part of your brain says, okay, there's a confrontation, conflict is imminent, right? Our bodies naturally flood with adrenaline, and adrenaline makes us breathe faster to circulate that blood to all of our organs with lots of oxygen in it. So our organs will be able to do what they're supposed to do and a lot of it fast. Either we're going to fight or we're going to fly or we're going to run, whatever the case. To stop, consciously start breathing more slowly. I was in a, um, oh gosh, it's been years ago. I was in a family argument and I was basically getting yelled at. And I started counting my breaths before I said anything and was just letting the other person yell at me. 658 breaths, I counted. Wow. Counted one at a time, just kept counting them, got to 20, and then rolled it over, started counting hundreds on my fingers, got 658. Now, I'm I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that worked for me is counting my breaths. So consciously think about breathing more slowly. There's a yoga technique where you put your hand on your belly, your diaphragm, and make it expand with your in-breath. And if you're actually breathing too fast... Your belly, your, your, your stomach area will actually contract with the in-breath because you're trying to force the air into your lungs. And what you want to do is try to expand your chest and your belly by thinking about taking air into your lungs. There's a great book called, I want to say it's called The Art of Conflict, but that could be wrong. Maybe The Magic of Conflict. He's a Zen master talking about how to avoid conflict at work, which I spent a lot of time thinking about years ago. And he actually recommended putting your, folding your hands in front of you so that the heels of your hands are up against your belly, your stomach area, so you can feel your breathing. It helps you focus on your breathing. And it'll help you avoid listening to the sharp words, perhaps the harsh words, perhaps the incorrect words of your boss. And you know, when your boss is wrong and she's angry and she's angry at you and she has role power, that's a toxic mix for most people. It's reasonable for you to respond back, but we're not suggesting, look, we're not going to give you only reasonable suggestions. We want to give you reasonable and effective. It may be reasonable to, to, to respond back, but it's not effective in the short or the long run. So don't do it. Now, another technique, we mentioned control, stay you know quiet and calm and controlled. You know, there are many different ways you can do this. I've discovered for me that putting my hands in my pockets is very helpful to me. Mike knows this. At the military academy and for officers in the U.S. Army, our trousers don't have pockets. And cadet trousers don't have pockets. And so you couldn't put your hands in your pockets, which came to mean for cadets, putting your hands in your pockets was cool because there was nothing cool really about being a cadet. <laughs> you were a <laughs> professional. You were an officer. You were supposed to behave like one. Coolness was not in the cadet manual. And I, I crave the ability to put my hands in my pockets just because that meant I wasn't in uniform and I could relax. And every time today, even in a pair of jeans I've grown too heavy for and don't fit, when I put my hands in my pockets, it relaxes me. Now, that, that may not work for you. And ladies, I know it won't work for you. If you're wearing a, a blouse or, or if you're wearing trousers without pockets, which is often true for, for ladies and guys, uh, you may not feel comfortable doing this either, but it works for me. A person with their hands in their pockets, if you're looking across the office and you see two people standing next to one another and one has his or her hands in her pockets, their pocket, and the other one doesn't, you will, all things being equal, judge the person with their hands in their pockets as more relaxed, more comfortable. So that makes that, that helps me. Now, Okay, if you haven't got pockets, believe it or not, 
consciously letting your arms hang to your side, relax your hands by your sides, is a great way to do it. And by the way, if you make fists, that causes your blood pressure to rise, and that's not going to help. Believe it or not, <laughs> it does other things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it gets you ready. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny. People don't realize this. They think, oh, I can just stand quietly in a group and let my hands hang to my sides loosely. And there are people who say, I feel awkward doing that. I need to cross my arms. I need to gesture. I need to put my hands in my pockets, my hands in front of me, behind me, whatever. I need to hold my notebook. You would be amazed, folks, when we ask people, stand at your side, stand with your arms at your sides, loosely relaxed, what amounts to a really, really relaxed position of military attention with your legs spread, your feet spread a little bit on the floor, shoulder width apart. You think you look awkward standing in a conversation. No one else thinks that. When they look at you, they say, this person looks relaxed, looks comfortable. And working your way into getting comfortable being relaxed with your hands at your sides makes it easier for you to be training yourself mentally. Stay relaxed, stay quiet, stay calm, stay controlled. And by the way, something else too, we don't really say it here, but if you feel that your boss is getting virulently angry or is making threats, okay, threats are different. And we can can talk about that again in in the HR section later. But but another thing you do is just walk away. If you feel physically threatened, well, maybe not feel physically threatened, but if you are physically threatened, it's totally okay to walk away. Don't make any sudden moves. I mean, that sounds corny, but probably a good idea. And just say, I'm sorry, I'm going to step away. If your boss says to you, I could kill you, just walk away from that. And it happens. That's sad, but it's true. It happens. Now, when someone accuses us fairly or unfairly, it's natural to want to defend ourselves. And I know one of the kind of key things we've learned is don't argue with her characterization of the situation, right? If she accuses us, the desire to push back and argue about it is one to be resisted. Yeah. You know, you told the customer, you told the customer we could deliver on Wednesday. You knew that wouldn't be possible. Well, you told me we could deliver within three days and Wednesday's three days from now. So yeah, what, exactly. what's the deal? That's what you told me. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Right. This is we've talked about this before, right? The difference between being right and being effective. The fact that truth is on your side doesn't mean the truth is going to make your boss less angry. Now, there are some bosses who, when you tell them that, they say, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm so sorry. But I would be willing to guess that's 20% of the time. So you get a one in five chance. I don't know. I generally don't take the one in five chances all that often. So whether it's fair or not, and and by the way, fairness is just out the window in these situations. Um, And people who go to HR and say it's unfair Uh, One of my tests for HR people is if they hear somebody say it's unfair and they don't immediately discount that because they understand that by definition, vertical power structures are unfair. If an HR person hears unfair and thinks that's a real clear sign that we've got a problem, then they're not an experienced HR person. I have nothing against the concept of fairness, but applying fairness to the workplace is really a difficult undertaking and not worth worrying about. Right. Hey, look, and if you, if you feel like you have to defend yourself, I'd argue against that, but maybe I can't convince you to, to not do it. But at a minimum, don't do it then, right? If you want to come back the next day when things have calmed down, then okay. And now I frankly don't think that's terribly useful, but you know, if you need an excuse for yourself, just don't yeah. have that conversation at the moment when your boss is angry. Good point. Yeah. Look, everybody sees every situation differently. 
Uh, you folks, you don't see the world the way the world is. You see the world the way you are. Two people see something and they filter it and they have different words to describe it. Your brain tries to make sense of the world and what you see is not what actually happened, but your brain making sense of what happened, which is different from what actually happened. None of us can put ourselves in the minds of someone else. And so many people want to put themselves in the minds of their boss. And in my experience, it's not worth doing, particularly an angry boss. So you can't understand how somebody else comes to the conclusion they've come to, especially when it's heated. Right now, when the boss is yelling at you, even if it's wrong, even if it's false, even if it's untrue, her view is legitimate. Let her have it. You're not going to dissuade her of it. Say you're right. Okay. It's much easier two days later to say, look, I want to point out something to you. If we can talk about what happened two days ago, say, I want to be clear. I said, you're right in order to defuse the situation, but you weren't right. And I want you to, I want to talk to you about what happened. You, you could do that, right? But as Mike says, you got to delay doing it. Even if it hurts every cell in your body, saying you're right to a boss is who is wrong is the effective thing to do. It may not be the truthful or right thing to do. But when anger is involved, truth gets twisted around in a way that, remember, communication is what the listener does. And when you say you're wrong to your boss, they don't hear you being right or stating a truth. They hear an attack on their power. And since communication is what they're doing, you've just helped them stay angry at you. Yeah, we all have our own filters in the world, right? So if somebody says, if I say something, you say you're wrong. Well, I'm right in my mind, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are you actually suggesting that I do that every once in a while? Is that is that what this cast is about, Mike? Are you intimating that? No, not going there. I, I nah, if we, not if we went there, there. It, it'd turn out that in fact <laughs> I was the one most guilty no, of that behavior. On. So yeah, okay. So look, if if your boss has a point of view that's wrong, acknowledge it. Don't push back. Let her push against the water that is you. Let her feel that it's not an issue, or that you're not going to you know you just roll over or whatever and and live to fight another day. Exactly. Now, like some situations are, are fixable, right? You can go back to the customer and commit to a new deadline, right? You can, you can fix your mistake in a brochure if that's what it was. You can redo calculations, right? There are some things that are fixable. And if you can, fix it and do it quickly. Yeah. The sooner you fix it, the quicker you're going to move you know, past the anger issue, right? You're right. I messed that up. I will fix it immediately. I apologize. You know, short, sweet. No, you're right. Fine, I'll fix it. No, no. Yeah, no, none of that. Just, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll fix it. I made that mistake. You're right. I'll fix it. Your boss is afraid that you think what you did, and of course, anger is is born out of fear, believe it or not. There are only two emotions, love and fear. Anger comes from fear. Your boss is afraid that you will push back and say what you did was right, and that'll make their life harder. So when you agree, they're like, oh. This is, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, the majority of cases, bosses will say, oh, okay. And yes, there are some bosses who are, I use this term not lightly, evil in the sense that they enjoy the ego strength that power gives them and they abuse it. And look, if Mike and I have our way in 30 or 40 years, we'll get rid of all those people. Um, But it's a long uphill slog because we hire poorly and then we promote for the wrong reasons. Uh, across all spectrums of the world. But for the majority of bosses, admitting a mistake and fixing it immediately is the way to go. Now, some situations you can't fix, at least in, in the short term. If your boss has arrived at his location, he's traveling, and the PowerPoint for his presentation 
in two minutes is corrupted, you know, you can't fix it. You probably can't fix it in two minutes. If you said something the customer misunderstood and that caused a contract to be lost, you probably can't save that contract in the next five minutes. But if you can do something to save it, do it. And while staying as calm as you can, that adrenaline in your body will serve you well in making that effort. The faster the issue is resolved, the faster it'll be in the past, and the faster your boss will get over it. Yeah, well, some bosses hold grudges forever. Most don't, but some do. Yeah, but that goes back to the whole thing of, as a professional, I don't control you. I certainly don't control my boss. I don't control my peers. I don't control my directs. I control me. And if my boss decides to hold a grudge, then that's his decision. Now, I may choose to leave, and it may bug me that someone has given power over me that has so little ego strength or so little self-confidence that they have to hold a grudge, but... You know, that that happens and it's unfortunate. And I've worked for bad bosses before. I know what that's like. You can do something about your own behavior and that means fixing whatever is the cause of the problem. And if your boss decides to hold a grudge, then that's your boss's issue. Yes, it affects you, but all of us have issues that affect other people in negative ways. And it's good to be a little bit forgiving, even though it's harder to be forgiving to a boss who holds a grudge. Yeah, nothing you can do about it. So let it go. Now, okay, so now it's not enough to say you're right and even fix the particular issue that specific instance because if it keeps on happening again and again can you can you imagine how angry your boss is going to be then if your boss lost it for this first event can you imagine what happens on the second or third or fourth instance so fix it and then work out how to prevent it next time this is funny this goes when you think about it we're talking about angry bosses be so easy to contrast this with the manager tools certified or a manager tools, effective manager who says, well, what do I do when somebody makes a mistake again? Well, I give them feedback again, right? And I stay calm and I stay relaxed and I give them feedback. And I, and if they do it often enough, then we have systemic feedback to address the person who continues to commit to new behavior, but doesn't actually do so. If you do make the mistake over and over again, your boss is going to get angry again. If he got angry the first time, possibly. And this, this time he'll be even more angry with the, didn't I already talk to you about this? But look, folks, making mistakes is okay. We're human. You're human. It's what we do. Read any articles. I mean, I just finished a couple of books about people at the top and their careers and how they made the choices they did. And all of them say you need to make mistakes. Now, I admit there are people who say you need to be able to make mistakes who also then punish the crap out of the people who work for them. And that's duplicitous and unfair. And well, okay. Sometimes power corrupts, but it is acceptable to make mistakes as a professional. Uh, you, you lose your connection to the term professional when you make the same mistakes over and over and over again. A professional says, I do what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it, whether I want to or not, without debate. And a professional doesn't say, well, there was a different reason why I was late this time. There's a different this, a different that. You make a mistake, you correct it. You correct it perhaps in the short term, and then you create a systemic way to avoid making that mistake again in the future. You do what you think is is right. You think about your behavior and the outcome the behavior creates. If the outcome wasn't appropriate or effective, you do something different the next time. If it's still wrong the next time, if it's ineffective, you do something different again. You're responsible for improving your own performance. Your boss is not responsible for improving you. Your boss is responsible for overseeing your improvement, but you're the one that's going to do the improvement. So you need to work out how to prevent your mistake the next time. Now, don't take this to mean that 
if somebody else made a mistake, you're going to start working out and you're getting yelled at mistakenly by your boss. Don't work out a system to have your boss avoid mistaking you for somebody else in the future or over communicating in such a way that your boss will know that it wasn't you. We're talking about if you made a mistake here. Don't create all kinds of fancy systems or updates or double checks or over communication to the nth degree simply to avoid getting in trouble because a boss mistakenly believed you did something when in fact somebody else did it. You're not supposed to work out how to prevent next time if somebody else made the mistakes. Your boss still might get angry. If you didn't do anything wrong this time, there's nothing for you to work on unless, of course, you could have collaborated more effectively with your peer who is the one who really should be in trouble. Exactly. Now, what about the um, the tendency? And I know this happens quite a bit. Folks get yelled at by their boss and they want to vent their Ugh. frustration or sure. So they go and and share with the rest of the team what happened. What, what do you think about yeah. that? Look, for, first of all, I heard somebody say the other day, well, you know, there's a lot more natural disasters now than there were 50 years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there are two thoughts on that. One, there are not folks, although I'm going to I'm going to qualify the not by saying, if na- by natural disasters, you include things that are both man-made and truly, quote, natural, unquote, then yes, there are more man-made and natural disasters now than there were 50 years ago, because there are more people on the earth than there were 50 years ago. But the other reason people think there are more natural disasters now is because There are the same amount of natural disasters, but we see every one of them on TV because now every place in the world has a TV camera and drama sells, conflict sells. I mean, I had somebody say to me the other day, I worry a little bit about CNN and Fox News. This is in the U.S., folks, and and MSNBC because there's always breaking news. It's amazing how many more tickers and flashing things they have trying to get your attention. It's It's become a a seizure inducing event to watch TV on the news, you know, 24 hour news channels, even though Ted Turner's idea of CNN and, and of course, BBC before him, BBC news, brilliant in a lot of ways, more information will make mankind better. On the other hand, if you think there are more natural disasters than there used to be, you're wrong. There's just not, we're just reporting on them. Therefore, when you go back to your, to your team and you share with them, the bad thing that happened. You're doing exactly what CNN is doing. You're propagating, you're communicating the drama that people will listen to. If you go back to, and people don't ask you how the meeting was and you say, Hey, by the way, just real quick, guys, I came back from the meeting. Nothing really happened. Agenda went well, no real issues. All the decisions were made on track on deliverables and so on. People are going to look at you and go like, what? I got work to do. Why are you telling me that? On the other hand, if you go back and say, you're not going to believe what happened in the meeting, everybody's going to listen. That's part of the human condition. So the fact that everybody is going to listen means, if you say something, you won't believe what happened, means that the obligation is on the person who is uttering, not the communicator who is the one who's listening, but the person who's talking to say, I have to make a choice to decide what kind of culture I want to contribute to, and I'm not going to contribute to a culture of drama and conflict and negativity. Okay. And by the way, everyone who's listening to this, including Mike and I, are naturally going to communicate drama. If everything is copacetic, then we don't talk about that. We only talk about outliers. We only talk about the spot on the sheet for those of you who have been to our conferences, right? So we're guilty. If you have a workplace that's constantly talking about mistakes and problems, that you're guilty of that too. And I know I've done it as well. You know, Mike and I give feedback to each other about things that happened and we tend 
not to say this went well, 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 this was a problem. I say something like at a high level, we had a problem on X. What that means is everybody begins to think, ooh, that didn't go well. When in fact, it went exceptionally well, but there was one small problem. So look, when your boss is mad at you, when, when she's angry at you, there's tons of reasons why you ought not to be sharing your feelings about your boss's anger. It doesn't help. First of all, going over the situation in your own mind, it intensifies, it, it solidifies the feelings you already have. Accept it, sort it out in your head and move on and don't visit the drama on somebody else. If somebody else just got yelled at yesterday about a completely unrelated thing and then your boss yells at you, that person who's still raw from the chewing, the butt chewing they got the day before, that's all going to be brought to the surface and they're going to be less effective that day. What's the benefit to the organization of going back and telling your team, you're not going to believe what your boss just said, what, what our boss just said to me. He's such a jerk. I don't think that's terribly effective. And I, I know if I got angry at my boss, I wouldn't want my boss going to tell all of his peers or his boss or my teammates, God, can you believe what Mark did? Let me tell you what Mark did. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, look at and, and to be frank here, a lot of your coworkers don't like it. I mean, you think they, yeah. they relish the idea of just hearing the story about their boss being a jerk. But when you do that, you put them in a really awkward position. I mean, they either have to agree with you, right? Meaning <laughs> against the boss, or they have to agree with the boss against you when you're clearly upset about the situation. I mean, yeah. you know, putting your coworkers in that kind of position is not going to improve your relationship with them. They don't like it, or many of them don't like it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, if you think you can make that situation better by not telling your coworker exactly how you annoyed your boss, you're wrong. Okay. If you did something that annoyed the boss and then you go back and talk about how the boss got mad at you and you don't tell them about the incident to begin with, that just makes them feel ambushed when they agree with you only to find out later, well, actually you made a pretty big mistake. Yeah, you deserved it. <laughs> yeah, you deserved it. Right. And look, the final thing, and this is, Mike will love this one. Dudes, you're going to get a reputation as a whiner. My boss yelled at me. Okay. <laughs> Being a professional is sometimes doing stuff that's hard. Is that how you tell your team? Yeah, my, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> is that the I, tone you have yeah, in your voice? Okay. Yeah, I tell, totally. That's my tone. <laughs> my boss yelled at me. It's have a good being reputation. Six foot four with a whiny voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel bad. Somebody console me. I need a hug. Having a reputation as being somebody who can't take it will not help your career. Now, you may say to yourself, I'm okay feeling this way and whining about it because my boss was wrong to begin with. Folks, the fact that the predicate is true, your boss was wrong to begin with, doesn't make your behavior effective. The only thing you control is your behavior. Whining is not an effective behavior. And the fact that you feel your boss is responsible for it, no, I'm sorry, he's not. He poked you with an umbrella, you're whining all by yourself. You own your whining. I'll never forget an HR VP. Somebody came in, the, the, the HR generalist wasn't available. The, the, the VP had to hear this person. I was sitting in his office. He says, no, Mark, please sit in. I want you to hear this. And the person started whining. And the VP of HR said, do you think you can come in here and just whine? I know I haven't heard the whole story. I don't know this boss you're talking about, but please go out, talk to your, talk to somebody, get a, get a mentor, figure out exactly how you're going to come back to me. And when you come back to me, don't whine because I'm not going to listen to whiners. And this person, this, you know, I'm not young, 28, 30 year old person looked like, wow, I can't believe this. It's not what I expected from HR. And I was sitting in the corner going, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. And, and to his credit, the person came back and, and, and said, you're right. I'm sorry. Let me explain to you exactly what happened. Well, what's interesting is, of course, that was not exactly what happened. That was his version of the events, which made him look really clean. When in fact, the boss who was called in later on the carpet said, yes, sir, I'm, I'm sorry this happened. I apologize. Anytime my people come to HR, it's not a good thing. Uh, so I apologize. And, and, uh, he says, I regret, I regret what happened. And, and the VP of HR was smart enough to go, well, is what they described happened actually happened? No, sir. Would you care to tell me what happened? No, sir. Well, why not? Well, the fact that somebody believed it up here is, is shocking to me, but I don't think we need to hash it out again, hash it all out again. I would just say that I don't like it when my directs whine, but if I put them in a situation where they feel like in the whine, I, I can learn something by that. And the VP of HR says, I think I like you. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk more about going to HR. Let's, let's say my boss, yeah. my boss shouts at me. And let's say it's the first time, but it's unprofessional. He raises yeah, his is. voice. I mean, it is whole, totally, right? It totally Did we, have we made thing. that clear, do you think? Do you think we've made it clear? No, probably didn't stress it enough. Yeah, look, guys, if, folks, if you're a boss and you're yelling, you're wrong. Don't ask me to come coach you on your yelling. That's you looking in the mirror and growing up. Yelling is wrong. Don't yell at somebody and then send them this podcast when they get upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, here's here's how Mike and Mark tell you to receive my yelling. Okay? Yeah, if no, you're yelling at a direct, you're wrong. Now, if the direct does something stupid after that, okay, then they're wrong too, and they don't get to blame their behavior on you. You don't get to blame your behavior on anybody else. But folks, if you're a boss and if you're yelling, you're wrong. And if your boss is yelling at you, he's wrong as well. But this cast is not about controlling your boss. It's about controlling you and making you effective even when your boss is angry at you. And it happens. Okay. I, I think that was clear. Yeah. <laughs> I think, there we go. think you solved that. Okay. So now my boss does something unprofessional. He yells at me. Isn't it reasonable at this point to go talk to HR? No. If you go to HR the first time your boss loses his temper, they're not going to listen to you. Now, it depends. If there's screaming, if there's threats on your life, of course, that's okay, different. Okay, well, that's different. Yeah, but, but, but we're just talking about routine yelling. Like, I can't believe you did this. This is cr- this is ins- why, why would you do this? This is wrong. Okay, don't you know how, what the processes are around here? You're insane. Holy Toledo. My boss is insane. I think he has a gun in his, his desk. Look. One instance is not enough for HR to take any action, and you ought not to be responding too strongly. If they do act, they'll come and ask your boss what happened. Frankly, her word probably has more weight than yours, and you're going to end up losing, and your boss is going to know, wow, I was angry for two minutes, and they went to HR. I wonder what this relationship is going to be like. Now, if the angry outbursts are frequent, they're consistent once a week, yeah, start taking notes. Okay. If it's even once every three weeks, take a note of what happened, what was said, what the resolution was. That's unprofessional if your boss is yelling at you every two or three weeks. And HR is going to need documentation from you, just like HR would need documentation from him if, in fact, you're not behaving effectively to benefit the organization. Look, when we advise managers about dealing with unprofessional behavior or less than effective behavior from directs, we allow them to go months and months, but we recommend they go months and months before going to HR because we ask the boss to talk to the individual about their behavior and to change it. Part of the reason for that is if it's if it's happening to you, it is automatically bigger in your mind. If you were on the outside looking in, you'd probably think that this situation is less of a deal, less of a big deal than you do now. 
Let it go longer than you think you can. And that way you'll have a better perspective and you'll have more data to go to HR. If in fact, this is an ongoing situation and, and it does happen folks. And we apologize to those of you who have had this visited on them. It's wrong. It's unethical. You could make the case. Mike and I do that. It's immoral for anger to be toxically mixed with power. We just think that's wrong. You can be a great boss, an effective boss, one who delivers great results for the organization while never raising your voice by never showing any anger. And yet it still does happen. And this is manager tools and career tools. And we live in the real world, not in fantasy land. Okay. I think that's it, right? It, yeah. Recommendations. Stay quiet. Stay calm. Stay controlled. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Don't argue with what your boss is saying, even if she's totally wrong. If you can fix it and fix it fast. If you, if you can't, well then work out how to prevent it next time. Right. And please don't come back and share it with your team. Don't be CNN. Don't increase the number of dramatic events in the world. And don't share with HR either, unless it becomes a systemic problem. And if, if you're questioning whether or not it's systemic, come to our forums and ask. Uh, I'm there almost every day, sometimes every other day. Some other managers, we've got a lot of great people in our community who will answer questions for you. The fact is, bosses being angry is unpleasant. Do what you can to prevent the escalation of anger. Back away, back away, back away. Even if you know you're right, as the cadet prayer says, make us to choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. The harder right here is to back away from a boss who has power over you and is angry. And then work out how to not get yourself in that situation ever again. Excellent. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, partner. See ya. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. <laughs>